God, that's a good start. Professional. <laughs> After the countdown to the countdown. Oh. Anyway, hello, everyone. We are Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. My name is Andy Richardson, and sitting in lovely Estonia is the humongously talented Tommy Dankwa. How are you, sir? Yes, I'm great, thank you. Just showing off a few of my uh, talents there. Well, one of my talents. Oh, yeah. that's good. I, I I thought you had something stuck in your throat or something. Um <laughs> joking. I don't know why I decided to do a beatbox of all the things that I could have tried to <laughs> a beatbox for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? Well, well, I mean, I was, I mean, is it is it worth us asking each other how we are? Because we, cause we're on such a roll that I only spoke to you a few days ago. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It's really good. At, oh, God, look. And look what I just did. What? What did we get told off about the other day on the last podcast? Oh, you are. Oh. Using mad or crazy. And I just said, it's mad. It's been mad. Oh. Look at that. Slap on know- the wrist with me. Do you know what I said? Uh, okay, so any listeners who did listen to the last podcast, um, I was told off for saying uh, it's a crazy world or something like that, or it's, um, you know, um, we should all go and get a therapist because the world's crazy as it, enough as it is. And um, Simon Blake, he said, well, you know, be careful how you use words like crazy and mad because some people might be triggered by it. Um, well, I I spoke to a couple of people about that, you know, because it was I it was I had a bee in my bonnet about it, and I spoke to someone who was a who was a coach and a sort of social worker, and they were like, mm, it's it's um, yeah, I I know what the I know what you you're saying, but um, it's a little they thought it was a little bit much. I don't know. I'm the jury's still out for me. I mean, I don't yeah. think I would say if I knew someone was suffering from some sort of mental health problem. I don't think I would say crazy or mad. I don't know. Would they get triggered by it? I don't know. What do you think? What's your, in hindsight, now you've had a week to think about it. Joe, I I think it's just food for thought, just being aware. I think, I think that was more the point. I don't think we were being told off. I don't think we were being like chastised, but I think it's just uh, being aware of, you you know, you don't know what people are going through, do you? You just don't know. For sure. I think it is just, it just, for me, it's brought awareness because, you know, now I've said it, you know, I've heard my kids say it as well. And I'm like, we do throw these words about. And I mean, it's not like when, you know, you might say something like, oh God, I'm trying to think of something that is politically incorrect now. Mm. But it, you know what I mean? I wouldn't go as far as say it's like that, but I think it's just no. awareness. And I, I think it's quite cool, actually, to be aware of things. And, but but I, I personally don't think... You're going to offend somebody by saying no. things that you did, but it's just interesting to see how many times these words do pop up in everyday conversation. Well, you know what that means? It means we're never going to be able to sing that Niles Barkley song ever again. Yeah, we're done. We're done. There goes our uh, X Factor audition. <laughs> Does that make me? Um, what's, what, what could you place it? I'd, anyway. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, so um I was gonna say something and I completely lost it. Yeah, anyway, so uh this week we have another guest, and I think am I right in saying this is our first ever repeat guest? Yeah, it is. It actually <sighs> is. And, um yeah, it really is. Oh my gosh. I think this is our first ever repeat guest. Yeah, because, I mean, we've done, we worked out the other day, well, Tommy worked out the other day, we've done over 50 podcasts, which ain't bad, is it? Ain't bad. I mean, if we would, yeah, I mean, it is spread out over nearly sort of four years. So Actually, that's... sorry to interrupt, almost four years to the day because I got a memory that popped up that I just sent to you today. And it yeah. was like, we've just recorded our first podcast. We don't know where it's going to go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> humble, humble, humble. And um, and four years later, here we are. Wow. Wow. Should we sing happy birthday to ourselves? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Should we get yeah, our we'll... guest to join in before 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 he um before we even introduce uh, him, he can just join us. <laughs> mind you, mind you, having said that, if you try and um synchronize like we're all online, so we're all gonna be out of sync. So it's gonna sound absolutely terrible, but but it might might actually come out sort of like a sort of weird experimental arty piece of music. So let's try it anyway, shall we? You ready? It comes out good. Whenever we try and sing on these things, it never comes out good. It doesn't. Well, that's because you can't sync these things up. Anyway. We're right, not going to okay. let that stop us, are we, Andy? Let's go. Yeah, okay. You can really? the count. Oh, Hold on. Before, before we start, when we get to happy birthday, dear, uh, what are we going to say? Man up. Happy birthday, dear man up. Man up mental health podcast. <laughs> happy birthday, dear man up mental health podcast. Okay. All right. So. We'll do it really quick. <laughs> all right. Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Sorry. Oh my god, I just got the giggles. I couldn't I couldn't um <laughs> Oh my really god! Awesome. This has been the worst introduction <laughs> that we've ever done <laughs> in a podcast today on our birthday. Brilliant! Oh, oh, oh. Do you know that what I? Fantastic. I realise I'm really bad at um, suppressing <laughs> my laughter. Oh, um, I went on 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 Wednesday night. I went to a um, I was, my my mate was running running this uh, folk club, folk music thing, and this woman got up, um, sort of a cappella. <laughs> Stop. She sort of stood there in front, really serious face and singing. Around, and she just basically, I mean, she, like, she really couldn't sing. I mean, God bless her for getting up there and, you know, belting it out. And she was doing this sort of folky, you know, like chant or whatever. But it just went on and on. And I could see the person next to me, my friend, I could see them sort of staring at me and sort of shaking a little bit. And that was it. <laughs> I had to leave. I had to leave. Um, anyway, that's all by, that's all by oh, the by. God. <laughs> Oh, um, okay, so um, I've actually got tears in my eyes. Um, I was going to say, uh, I was going to ask. So we were talking about something quite serious off air. So should we save that for another time, Tommy? Do you think until? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it because we, um, yeah, it's well, sorry, it might even come up in this podcast actually because it's all to do with you know parenting as well. I guess it sort okay. of does sort of have connections. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the last podcast, um, Tommy, me and Tommy made a pledge uh, about some things. Um, so, Tommy, why don't you introduce this this uh, this week's one? If you yeah, could. absolutely, of course I can. So, yeah, um, obviously, recently I've been speaking about how a new baby arriving has brought up quite a few feelings and emotions that. Um, actually caught me a bit by surprise and it just sort of made me think about you know being a dad everything that comes with it and I, I thought it'd be really nice just to revisit it because I thought that I was you know past all of this sort of stuff but obviously I'm human and I'm not and I thought it'd just be really nice just to actually do a podcast and talk to the dads and hopefully get well, not hopefully, and to get somebody who we both respect. We've had him on the show before. And we have got the wonderful Mr. John Stacy, mental health support for dads, has agreed to come on and have a chat with us. So welcome back, John. How are you? Hello, gents. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And that was quite the intro. And I feel I feel under so much pressure with all of that now. Like <laughs> the first guest back, you know, this weird happy birthday thing that you made me sing. <laughs> and now, and now, like, kind of, yeah, just bizarre, bizarre, but lovely, lovely. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm happy. I'm good. How, how are you guys? Main. Well, yes, um, Andy. I think you, you tell. How are you, mate? How are you? You go first. Go on. How am I? How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I, I, it's a very busy time of the year for me. So, um, all my. Lovely mental health things um, have gone to the side, and I'm just sort of working all the time. Um, but I'm earning good money, and uh, so that's good. So I've, I found myself just um, buying things at the moment. So I'm like, 
<laughs> like every day my my i've got a um i've got a tenant i've got a flatmate and uh, he must get really annoyed with me because i'm out a lot but i order a lot of stuff so he's just basically my postal service just uh, <laughs> getting things from amazon and i do i am buying to, in my head it's essential things but um no they're not really that essential i mean i bought what did i buy the other day uh i bought a um i bought a new doorbell because i didn't like our doorbell so. <laughs> jesus <laughs> essential living <laughs> so yeah that's me uh that's about me summed up T tommy over, over to you <laughs> oh well do you know what i um i feel infinitely better than i have been the last few weeks so for anyone who um hasn't listened to the last few weeks the, the theme has sort of been the same with me that um the new baby has brought up a lot of emotions and i've, I've been struggling a bit but speaking on the podcast you know just regularly speaking to my wife i definitely feel an improved you know state of like men, uh, an improved mental state so yeah i'm i'm doing a lot better um still trying to sort of um of up to my source of meditation and trying to give myself a bit more time and uh you you'll you'll laugh about this today the baby went down for a nap and you know i just sort of joined her and we just had, like, we had like a good like half an hour nap this morning after I got the kids to school and stuff. And I was just like, bloody hell, this is self-care. This is what it's about. I've, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. It's what yeah. they're for. An opportunity to nap. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I'm really trying to sort of take care of myself a bit more and not. Oh, that's good. That's inspirational, mate. It's inspirational. There's a lot of dads out there that, that aren't accessing it and aren't understanding that that's going on and aren't talking. Um, you know, so it's really nice that you're out there talking about it, mate. And you sort of, you are doing, taking steps and doing what you, you think you need to do. And obviously listening to people's advice and guidance and, yeah, you know, it's the only way to beat it across anything, you know, whether it's becoming a dad, whether it's, 90 odd percent of mental illnesses that aren't chemical you know the only way to deal with it is to find a way inside to do it you know so um no it's it's beautiful mate it's inspirational to hear that you, you're working working through it i mean that's that's good awesome Amazing. thank you well listen before we get into it so we're gonna do it a bit differently this week normally we sort of just bombard our guests with questions <laughs> but we're gonna just sort of i think the idea today is we're just gonna have more of a chat i said round table but there's only three of us so <laughs> andy pointed that's more of a triangular table <laughs> but john you know you just mentioned um off air you your life has changed since you you were last on the show hasn't it so what, yeah. what's been going on with you because I'm not the only one with a new baby, am I? No, no. So, um, yeah, the last, I guess the last year, actually, year and a bit, maybe, it's been a massive change for me. Um, I've kind of gone from, well, I guess I've gone from one daughter to two. So I've got another daughter, a seven-month-old now. Um, so we've got Nora, who's nearly four, and Sadie, who's seven months. And uh, on top of that, I've kind of uh, had a period of massive... I mean, the polite way of putting this is um, a period of massive growth in everything that I do. Um, but the reality of it is I just said yes to far too many things and burnt out towards the start of this year oh, and uh, had to sort of cancel a lot and stop a lot of things, which um, the perfectionist, the non-diagnosed um, yet fully aware that he's probably ADHD mind didn't like that. Um, but I had to, um, and I was really supported and it was the right decision. Um, so I parked a load of the stuff similar to Andy, really. I parked a load of the mental health stuff that I was doing, uh, shut down, um, my local, um, nonprofit that I was running. However, <clears throat> managed to pass on quite a lot of the work that we were doing to uh, other groups that had grown over the time that we've been running, um, which was really nice, actually, kind of handing over the baton kind of thing. And I was still in touch with quite a lot of local resources and, and helping a lot of people still. Um, and then I had a change of job, a massive change of job. Um, a couple of months ago, three months ago, took a big plunge and um, shifted completely what I was doing, kind of dream job, really. Um, so 
uh, still in marketing, which is my day job and always has been. But now I'm I'm a director of a, a company called Social Change, who um, basically drive marketing campaigns to change behavioural, uh, change people's behaviour, to try and drive the social good. So we work with local authorities, charities, companies around the world to try and change uh, audiences of people um, and uh, enhance, um, you know, health, the ecology of the world, uh, well-being. Um, we're currently running campaigns around um, domestic violence and trying to educate and improve young and, and older men on domestic violence, um, just trying to change the world, which I'm absolutely loving, but incredibly intense, whilst also having this growing baby. So, yeah, lots going on at the moment. Um, apart from that, though, not a lot. <laughs> so wow. Good. wow. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, thank you. Massive congratulations. Bloody hell. Oh, oh, I mean, say the obvious question and congratulations. Well done. Bloody thank hell. You. That sounds intense. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a lovely, lovely place um, and a really great place to work and lovely, talented young marketers. And I'm driving the delivery of a, a really talented bunch of, of um, you know, full circle marketers. But um, I think the under the underpinning thing of it is the values of the company. You know, we're trying to we're, do, we're doing everything I've done for decades. You know, marketing and selling and advertising. And I've always tried to stay in um, industries that are quite um, kind of altruistic. So I've worked in disabilities. I've worked in education. Um, but this is kind of like everything we do is for some greater good somewhere down the line. And interestingly, my company's got its own podcast as well. Um, they haven't asked me to be a guest yet, which is weird. But uh, but we've had like yeah. we've had lots of CEOs and things like that for charities and things like that. And they took they sort of try and um, highlight and promote great people doing great work around the world. And um, you know we're trying to just kind of fight every battle that we can at a time, and um, which mm. is just beautiful and it's just really rewarding. So I'm loving it. Oh, no. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I said, oh, mate, look, obvious question. How are you managing then with all of this change and with the two kids? Like, you know, I don't have a, I'm not working a full time job where I'm going out to work. I'm a stay at home dad. Like, I think I've, I've mentioned that to you. I think I was doing the same thing last time. Mm. I'm still getting overwhelmed. How are you keeping a lid on it, you know, with these two young kids and everything going on, these new changes? What's your routine? What's your go to? Um... Yeah, I mean, lo loads of things, really. Uh, gosh, when it when it started, when we when when she was born, I was still in my old job, um, but I was in the middle of my notice period, or about to start my notice period, a long notice period, and um, it was a. It's been a. I'm not going to lie, it's been a tumultuous six seven months. It's been crazy. I mean, we spoke offline, Tommy, and I have no shame in saying this. I think it's really important to say it. But a couple of months in. Um, I definitely was suffering very, very similar to yourself, probably in different ways, but in the, in, in the sort of levels of suffering, definitely quite similar. Um, the shock of it all hit me like a, a ton of bricks. You know, you can, it's the same, almost the same as what happened the first time around. You can almost prepare, 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 but you're never really fully prepared. And um, it wasn't so much having a baby. It was uh, the two, the, the duo kind of thing. And I'm sure you kind of remember that the last time um you know the combination of more than one but um yeah it's it's been really tough and there was a period probably two or three months in where i was really uh i was i loved my i loved sadie um there was no disconnection within my own kind of emotions but i felt this real kind of like disconnect kind of the the best way to put it is kind of non-emotionally in a sense of like i just didn't want a baby um, and I've described it to a few dads that I spoke to, um, kind of people that I've met over the years. And they said it, that, you know, actually it's quite prevalent in uh, people who have disassociation with, you know, PTSD or postnatal depression. Mm. Um, and essentially I was, I was saying all the time to my wife and other people that I was really struggling with having a baby. But I wanted a daughter. I wanted my other daughter. I wanted another daughter. I wanted a child. And I think it was the whole kind of like, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. You can't control what's going on, the lack of control. I know I spoke last time on, on the pod actually about the start of my journey was all about realizing I had a bit of a control issue, you know, and um, it was the screaming, <laughs> the the lack of uh, sleep and kind of um, mm -hmm. it was the feeling of 
both of us really not just me but the feeling of not really being able to stop the you know make make her stop crying not being able to do what's right for her and feeling like you can't do anything right and sort of it sounds like i'm downplaying it but i'm really not but sort of those normal things that every parent goes through you know um hit me like a ton of bricks to a point where i ended up ringing uh uh 111 um and i actually knew exactly why i was ringing them um almost kind of realized why i was doing it but at the same time kind of needed to do it still even though i knew in my head what i was doing and i just basically spoke to the lady and i says look i've worked in father's mental health for a few years now um got a newborn baby Uh, i think i'm i think i'm going through some postnatal depression um I'm probably kind of telling you your, your your own answers here, but I reckon I've got about seven or eight different symptoms. Um, and the lady said, well, that's the threshold. You know, you're supposed to have, if you've got anywhere between seven or eight out of the 12 standard symptoms, then you can be prescribed antidepressants. You can be, uh, you know, registered as having postnatal depression, whether you're a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. Um, so you've done the right thing to call. Hopefully you've got the validation you need. Do you want me to get you a prescription? And I burst into like tears and laughter at the same time um, and kind of just said, this is this calls all I needed actually, but thank you so much. And I came off the phone and I was like, I just needed someone to validate it officially that yeah. that's what I was going through um, because it was just getting too much. And the next thing I did was get on the phone with, with Scott Mayer and people that I know in, in the father's mental health game. And, you know, they were messaging me back straight away saying, look, let's set up a, a chat. Like, you know, almost like an official sort of 45 minute call or whatever, where we can work through your symptoms, talk, you know, let it out a bit more. And um, that was really helpful. But actually, do you know what? From then onwards, it was kind of like upwards. I was like, all I needed was that I'm suffering. It's bad. But do you know what? I can get through this. And the biggest bit of advice that someone gave me, it was Scott, I reckon, actually, who gave me it. He just said, what would you do if someone was coming to you right now with postnatal depression? And he knew the answer. He knew I'd have the answers. It was just you can't turn it on yourself sometimes when you're in the times of need, you know. Yeah. So I said, well, what I'd do is I'd say reach out to your nearest and dearest, which is what I'm doing. I'd say, you know, talk more, get some space more, get out in, in the in you know the wilderness or whatever nearby, have a run, have a walk, talk to your wife, um, you know, try and um, pick moments where you're feeling uh, a bit more kind of like good within yourself, within your emotions to spend more time with your daughter so you can have that connection, that energy a bit better. Um, you know, don't do it when you're too tired. Try and, you know, organize it with your wife so that you're away from from the baby when you're down and things like that. And all that advice that I would give other people, you know, writing it in a text to him, I was like, he's right, man. I've just got to look at the mirror and give that advice to myself, you know? Uh, so it was it was really good. and you know i have been on the up since then i've had little wobbles here and there like we all do but um yeah things are a lot better now and um it was certainly uh uh what i look back and i'm kind of like that was a great moment it, you know it, sound, it sounds like it wasn't because i was ringing one 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 and really struggling but mm. um i think when you hit that bottom sometimes and you can look back and reflect and go what an what an awesome moment in my life to really kind of grasp the ball by the horns and go let's do this kind of thing mm. and before that leading up to that every single minute of every single day uh, i felt like i was losing you know um yeah. and from that moment on of that call that was it i was fighting i was on it i was doing it and it, all i needed was that validation for that energy you know um so yeah sorry a bit long-winded there but that's, that's the last few months for me <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say that because there's so much to unpick from that from that statement um i've got i've got a few questions but yeah but i mean i'm gonna put you on the spot here um so what are the 12 symptoms of postnatal depression? Uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there's the, normal, there's the normal basic ones. I'm going to cheekily Google to make sure I get them right, actually. Cause that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, we, we could hear your mouse click anyway, then. So, yeah, so, so, it like, so I'm not actually checking it. Just cut it out. So I'm not checking it. So I sound really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, basically, it's the normal It's the normal stuff of depression. So it's like persistent low mood. Um, and, and that's the key thing, persistent low mood. It's not just having a bad day it's like more than a week that's the big thing people forget when they talk about depression you know and this is going off tangent a little bit but talking about your semantic chat at the start there you know like don't say crazy don't say things like that Mm. i have a colloquialism that i use all the time mental i always go that's mental oh my god that's mental do you know what i mean it's like Mm. something from the 90s or whatever Mm. um and i work in mental health like i mean i've worked in mental health for a long time like 
it's all about context. I'd never say yeah. that in a in a mental institute. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it's it's just you can say these words anyway. Long story short, yeah. people <laughs> say it all the time. Oh, I feel depressed today. No, you don't. You've got a low mood, right? You're yeah. actually depressed if you have it for longer than a week consistently. So that's the first one. Yeah. Um, just really struggling to enjoy like interest in things. Um, yeah. And I've got loads of interests, man, like ADHD mind. I read, I do, I go running, I want to watch footy. I literally had no interest in any of it. Um, just couldn't enjoy my my eldest, you know, couldn't play with her. So that was a big sign. Uh, tiredness, which obviously goes hand in hand with coming a parent um, and lack of energy. But it's for, for me, again, like someone who is kind of generally quite low energy because of the lifestyle that I lead. Um, for me, it was noticing that it was really impactful amount of lack of energy if that makes sense it was really impactful like I couldn't even drag myself off the chair which is weird for me you know and, and being aware of that um uh, bad sleeping trouble sleeping feeling sleepy um I didn't really suffer with that one actually um because I was already not sleeping so it wasn't an, a new thing um, and I've always kind of had problems with that um anyway because I'm just not a great sleeper I need to work on my sleep routine really but um yeah, finding difficult to look after yourself and your baby. That's a, that's a big one that wasn't really affecting me. So, um, you know, the usual things like hygiene, personal hygiene and doing things for your baby. I think because it, they're all automatic for me, it, it wasn't really a problem, but it's one to look out for, for sure. Not wanting contact with anyone. That was a big one for me. I love to talk. I'll talk to anyone. If someone messages me, I'll chat. I mean, Tommy's messaged me and I'm on this podcast with you. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm kind of like, I love a chat and I was really wanting to just be away from the world. Do you know what I mean? So that was a big one for me. Um, yeah. And actually, I think, again, I spoke on the last time on the podcast, one of my big problems in the past when I've had, when I've uh, in the depths of kind of my mental health struggles at the start of my journey was this feeling of always kind of wanting to run away or get away. Um, so that was kind of, um, happening again which was a big sort of signifier for me and i was quite aware of that which was good but also kind of scary um bad concentration poor poor decision making frightening thoughts um again no shame with this um and i didn't act on it and i'm really grateful i didn't act on it but you know in those moments where the baby's screaming um i think it's i'm getting a little bit choked up talking about it because i don't feel like it's uh I'm obviously not proud of this, but I have no shame in it. Like you just get those split second feelings, like where you just get angry and you just like, just shut up. Do you know what I mean? And there's nothing you wouldn't do. I wouldn't do anything. Um, but the thoughts coming in my head were enough to scare me a bit, um, you know, about wanting to, um, you know, quieten the baby down, let's say without kind of being too extreme. Um, yeah. you know, and, and look, right. <laughs> those thoughts are serious you should act on that straight away and 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 do something about it and i think that was the biggest one for me i think the first time i had those thoughts was the day before i called 111 you know so hmm. um so yeah i think they're about it i think there's probably about 10 or 11 i've said there but the majority of those like i say i was experiencing one or two of them i wasn't and uh, uh any of those that are really really significant or really impactful to your life that's a big sign so just going back to the start of what I was saying there, if you feel any of them and you feel any of them sporadically or randomly, you know, look, we're emotional people. We're all humans. Yeah. You can feel any of them at any point as a one-off and it's fine. It's when it becomes all consistent and all consuming and impactful for your life. That's a big signifier that there's something serious going on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask um, both of you this question then, I guess then. So, okay. So you've got a new baby, right? Um, what is, do you know exactly what it is about that that triggers depression or triggers low mood in that? Is it is it different for different people? Is it literally some sort of chemical thing? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost like me saying, you know, what are the causes of depression? And I know there's lots of different um, theories and lots of different answers for that. But for both of you, what how would you explain the you know the thoughts that you get around that time i think uh, just really quickly i'll i'll fire straight in tommy if you don't mind yeah, yeah crack on crack on please I think, I think my um my take on it is it's there's two there's two big things um firstly men aren't aware that when they have a baby they have hormonal shifts just like the what the, the mum does the mother does um they have huge hormonal shifts and it goes on for months um some men won't notice it at all they they 100% won't notice it at all um and they might have little shifts in their emotions or their um 
you know, because of the lack of sleep or whatever, you might have loads of things that happen. You know, sleep deprivation is huge, you know, um, and people just go, oh, it's because of that. But there is hormonal shifts going on. So there is chemical changes. Um, but the other thing, the other, the other combined thing, because they go together, is is literally just the situational response. Like men are designed, and again, I know we've spoken about this at length, at, at length in the last podcast, but men are designed culturally, generationally, um, kind of warped kind of in a, in a really bad way men are completely kind of uh told uh you know kind of like genetically almost that we have to be a certain way so we have all these like triggers and defense mechanisms and security measures that are built into our psyche um and again there's an element of those that are chemical in our brain um but most of them are situational where something will happen and we'll go, right, we've got to go into fight or flight, we've got to protect, we've got to stop, you know, all these kind of like big extreme reactions. Um, and I think the really big clincher for me on those two things on a personal level was the awareness of all of it was huge because I've been through the journey of my own mental health problems. I've learned a lot about father's mental health, helped people with father's mental health. The awareness of when these things were happening was really important for me. But the second thing was actually like the acceptance and allowance, like letting myself, like understanding that these were happening and this was happening and just going, it happens, like it's okay. Like there's so much that in my past that happened in those first few months that I would beat myself to a pulp with, you know, inside. I would literally kind of like destroy myself, bring loads of blame on myself or shame or you know, I spoke about it in the past, probably, I'm not sure whether it was on your pod, but I have this phrase I always use, like, if you start blaming yourself, you'll only bring on shame, and then you'll only bring more pain, you know, like, you start mm. with pain already, but it's a cycle, you'll just blame yourself, and then shame yourself, and then more pain afterwards, so there's a cycle, the blame, shame, pain cycle, and, you know, the awareness of knowing that those thoughts come in my head, where I'm like, oh, you're a bad lad, you're a bad dad, whatever, you know, you're doing things wrong, stop you know after that reaction after that emotional reaction of those kind of like you know fight or flight responses or whatever recognize it be aware of it stop yourself and go oh, it's nonsense like you're trying you're doing as well as you can and you know there's a phrase i always use when i'm talking to people did you try one thing <laughs> you know did you try one thing today you're doing better than you think you are do you know what i mean and i was just trying to turn all that knowledge and that experience on myself and it helped it massively helped and my first reaction coming out the other end was, could I have done better? But again, going back to that mantra, I stopped after I said that sentence in my head and went, who cares? Like, I got through. Like, who cares if I could have done better? You know, there isn't a reflection here where I can be better next time. Like, there is no need for that because in the moment I survived, I did the right things and I moved forward. Um, so I'm really grateful for, for the for the knowledge and the history that I have uh but above all else i'm really grateful that i'm aw i'm able to be aware and accept those things so yeah sorry again digressing hugely but that's that's my take on it <laughs> do you know what it's so it's so nice to hear it and actually um it's funny because when, when you were talking about what was going on with you and some of the things you said this is going back to the previous question saying that you weren't able to sort of motivate yourself to play with your eldest child and stuff like that yeah. just really sort of opened up the floodgates for me thinking holy shit you know that was us that was me mm. with my kid i remember sitting on the floor when this is when sunny was born so that sunny's my middle child now and he was uh, i think he was trying to give me toys hand me toys to play with him and i couldn't even look him in the face i couldn't even lift up my head to look at him because i just felt and the word that you said shame mm. i just felt shame of how i felt how I was acting, what I wasn't doing, what I wasn't bringing to the table. So, Andy, for me, some of the triggers are it's it's um it's the reality of it all, you know, the reality of it all that all of a sudden there's another life here, and for me, it just brings up a lot of stuff. And I thought I'd done really well with it in the past, but some of the triggers for me were like abandonment and stuff like that. You know, when I was younger, I remember telling you this that. My mum and dad left, almost separated. And, you know, my dad is a he's a lovely man. He's always been there for us. But, you know, they separated. And I was just like, I couldn't imagine not sort of fighting for my relationship so that I can be in my kids' life and stuff like that. So a lot of abandonment stuff came up. And 
that sort of really sort of gets me thinking. Then obviously you've got the whole protector thing, you know, you've got this yeah. life to protect, you've got to be all the stereotypical things that men are meant to be. And, you know, it really, it does, it messes with your head if you don't get it right. And like Tom was saying, being aware of it and giving it to somebody else it's a completely different thing to sort of looking in the mirror and be like, right, you know what you got to do. And for me, that's what I wasn't doing. I wasn't able to sort of turn it on to myself. So that's where I started spiraling. And when I sort of realized I sort of, sort of I think, I think it's when I spoke to you, Andy, no, sorry. I sort of said to Marilyn, my wife, I said, baby, look, it's happening again. I'm feeling these things and I'm aware of it now. Cause I'm, you know, I know that, you know, I'm not sleeping well because we've got a baby. I'm worrying about her health and trying to sort of balance a new baby with making sure I'm giving the boys enough love and attention so that they don't feel isolated or, you know. And mm. But just that, it's that, just saying it out loud it is like an absolute release. And then once you say it out loud, you know, me and my wife, we sort of like, you know, we just ping ideas off each other. And all the stuff that she says is all the stuff that, I've told her I need to do previously. Mm. And she's yeah. like, well, you know, are you, I know it's difficult to tie, but you know, are you journaling? Are you, <laughs> doing, you know, are you doing your miracle morning? Have you meditated? You know, <laughs> have you gone for the walks in the, you know, in nature? And I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, I've been busy. Baby. <laughs> but, they make us accountable, don't they? They make yeah. us accountable. Absolutely. And it's the best thing in the world because once I had that, then I was sort of like, fuck, I need to start getting back to doing the shit that makes me me as well. Because mm. your identity, that's a massive thing. That's a oh, massive huge. part of it as well. Because huge. all of a sudden it's like, who are you? Are you somebody who's got to keep this infant alive? So I was like, well, fuck, um, you know, she's alive. We can keep her alive. The kids are sort of the elder two are a bit more self-sufficient now, which is amazing. That's an absolute blessing. Um, you'll get to this part in like parenting, John, and you'll be so happy when it comes. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, but once I sort of like got that round, I was like, right, what makes me good? And that's when I messaged you, and I was like, we need to do a podcast. We need to get back on it, you know. And because I know that selfishly, as much as we do this thing in the hope hope that it helps other people, mm. for us, it is so good. Like. John, how good do you feel when you sort of shared what you've been going through? It's oh, not. Yeah. It's insane, right? And and just, just touching on that really briefly, there's something I hugely believe in. And I, I talk about it all the time in work, in God, in personal relationships. People must hate me for this. There is no such thing in this world as a selfless act. Everything we do is selfish. And it's either good selfish or bad selfish. What you guys are doing by doing this you are doing a great what's what could be conceived uh, perceived as a uh, selfless act you know you're getting some great voices out there you're getting some great advice out there but like you just said you get a great deal of energy from it you get a great deal of love from it oh, right yeah. there's nothing wrong with that there's mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that like this isn't a, a, a selfish act isn't a bad thing if you make it a good thing mm. like the terminology needs twisting there's so many words that i'm constantly fighting with in this in this english language but um you know selfish is one of them there's no such thing as a self as a, a selfless act um uh, if you honestly tra challenge me on that there's no such thing that's selfless um everything is either good good selfish or bad selfish everything that's good in the world everything that people do that's good people who work for charities people who save lives people who mm. um you know superheroes jesus let's look at let's look at like marvel and stuff like that, right all those superheroes they feel great when they save the world right they feel amazing so it's selfish yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's, it's very true, isn't it? Because a lot of people have a real problem with people that work for charities and get yeah. paid a lot of money. Oh, yeah. and then you think, so you've got a problem with people who do good for a living, but you haven't got a problem with hedge fund ma managers or, you know, yeah. I mean, sorry to pick on the hedge fund managers, but do you know what I mean? Who don't yeah. do a lot for the world. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, that, just as an aside note, I'd love someone to pay us to do this podcast. We haven't <laughs> exactly <laughs> good, good good plug there Andy. i like it <laughs> um i, I want to go back to something because you mentioned something uh earlier john you said two to three it was about two or three months in when when um, sadie was here yeah and um, that's when it sort of came on top yeah my, my daughter just turned three months um 
think the last week or week before. And in the build-up to that, a similar sort of timeline, that's when mm. I started talking. Is that a common thing for dads to experience? Is that the sort of timeline that they might uh, start feeling like the wheels are coming off or is it any time? I don't, I don't, there isn't, I mean, the only stats that are out there is that the perinatal period as a general thing is quite, is, is alarmingly bad for dads. So that's like the first couple of years. Um, and in those first couple of years, the, um, you know, the signifiers are there. So uh, reports of depression, anxiety in new fathers are like sevenfold versus people who aren't fathers. Um, you know, men who aren't fathers of the same age, for example, stuff like that. Um, but I will say, that there is the, I mean, you know this, you've got three, but there is this period, and I think it's probably the three three to six months, sort of like naught to three months, naught to six months in that sort of area, where it is just extremely hard. It is just hard for both parents, right? It's the hardest part. Um, I, know, I know that it's all hard, and actually, relatively speaking, you know, some babies are great, some babies are not. Um, but I think it's worth... And and I certainly think if you get a good midwife, good health wizard, that kind of thing, good antenatal classes, whatever. Oh, sorry, I've got something popping on my screen. <laughs> Apologies for that. Incredibly unprofessional. Um, yeah, um, if you get a good health visitor, good midwife, they will tell you the first three to six months are difficult. You know, it's the transition. It's getting used to it. It's the adapting. It's crazy. Um, and I think, gosh, I've just said crazy. We're not allowed to say crazy. Um, but... Um, but you know it's difficult and it's it's very different and that's the thing like it's different so if you want to sort of downplay you know don't use scary words whatever um which isn't a downplay another word that i don't i don't like the connotation of um you know different is a very light word something's different oh wonderful it's different well no actually different can be absolutely fucking horrific Mm. different can be the best thing in the world like there is huge extremes with the word different <laughs> that people don't play on. They just think it's a really light, nice word. Um, so yeah, my advice is to any dads or soon to be dads is those first few months are really difficult. Ride them out and be kind to yourself because that is probably the hardest period. And I don't think there's many stats out there that back that, but especially not especially with dads anyway. I think generally with parents, they say the first few months is very difficult, but um you know i think we're two out of the three people on here that can definitely testify to that so um that's a good percentage already (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna i was gonna um actually yeah well a couple of quick quick questions so um firstly how do you is there a lot an actual difference between men's and women's postnatal depression do you know is there there isn't anything no and actually this is the thing that often gets kind of totally ripped apart or you know the the media will spin it differently or people will even misdiagnose you know doctors you know who just totally generationally out of sync um postnatal depression is not gender specific full stop okay (laughs) it can happen to anyone um it's just a thing that happens to humans and when you look at those symptoms and when you read those symptoms you know why they can happen to anyone so um, and they can happen to anyone for lots of different reasons like we said earlier you know chemical imbalances situational problems um you know traumas um and a lot of people go through trauma with birth you know Uh, i know i did the first one so um you know you've got kind of a lot of factors that in play postnatal depression has just historically always been always been sort of like told to everyone that it's just women um And it's it's kind of horrific that only in the last few years, only in the last few years, 2020, 2019 onwards, have people started to say, why didn't we just say this was a human thing? Because there's literally a zero link to postnatal depression to do with uh, estrogen. And the only differences between men and women are estrogen and testosterone levels. Wow. So, there's no link to that. There's no link to genomes. So the other thing, you know, DNA is different. Um, it is all to do with um, chemicals and situational problems that can be affected with different depression symptoms, which anyone can feel. So, yeah, that was the long version of the short version I said earlier, which is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fascinating. No, go on. You said you've got a couple of questions, Andy. What's the next one? Well, well no, the other one was, yeah, how 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 would you advise um a, a new dad or or you know or a second um uh child dad or, or any sort of dad to prepare 
for the 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 you know the the on come you know the oh, I can't even think of the word the 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 onset of of a new child. I think the, I think the big thing is yeah you got there eventually, Andy. Well done. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. You were polite um, about it, weren't you? How can you <laughs> a fucking head fuck that isn't new coming into your life? Yeah, it's just yeah. a big change. It's just a big change. Uh, do you know what I've said to people before? And I wish I took this advice actually to myself. Another mirror moment that I wish I did. I said to people before. I said, do you know what it's like? It's like you know, uh, relate it to something in your life that's a huge change. So uh, this one guy I was talking to <clears throat> was um, uh, a window cleaner. He owns a window cleaning business. Um, and I basically said to him, I said, um, here's the scenario, right? You've been doing window cleaning for, you know, 15 years, whatever. Um, one day, um, water doesn't exist anymore. And he and I said, what would you do? And he said, well, I'd, I'd have to scramble around and find a different way to to clean windows i guess don't really know anything else find a different job and i said how would that make you feel and he said well i'd I'd be scared shitless probably really anxious probably no idea what to do next no idea of how to control my life i said that's what happens when you have a baby and when you have a second baby especially (laughs) it's just a change of situation it's a complete change you have to adapt you have to find ways to adapt now none of that gets taught you know, antenatal classes are good. Some of them are really great. Um, some of them are terrible, but they prepare you for the physicalities of birth and the physicalities of looking after a baby physically. They don't prepare you for um, the other stuff, all of the mm. other stuff, not just emotional and mental, but the situational change, the adaptations to your life, etc. I was, again, really lucky and grateful that I came across some really great resources before I had my daughter. And um, I was already kind of on that mental health journey anyway. So I was, it was kind of semi easy for me to find the information because I was curious and interested. But again, it still hit me like a ton of bricks the first time around, you know, it's, it's not something that you can do mega easy. Um, so that'll be my advice, prepare for huge change. Um, and that is incredibly difficult to prepare for. Mm. So the best way to prepare for it in my eyes is just be aware that it's happening. It's coming. Um, because you can't make plans, you know, like the guy wouldn't have been able to make a plan about water not existing because he just, it just happened, you know, Hmm. Um, you can't make plans for how you're going to feel because you just don't know. You could take it completely in your stride and not have to make any plans. And if you make all these plans, you know, you've got anxious for nothing, you know? Hmm. So there's an element of just that that awareness that there's going to be a big change and and being um, as adaptable as you can when those moments come, that would be my advice. And the resources are? There's tons out there, actually, more than you think. Um, the NHS, for for all of its um, underfunding and uh, all of its issues, um, there's some amazing stuff out there for, for men and um, for dads and for partners. You know, let's, let's sort of be inclusive. You know, the non-biological mother, all of the people involved, there's some great resources out there, there's some great apps. Um, I, could list, I could list a ton. Um, my favourites, if I'm honest, are um there's there's a few things local to me that were just fantastic there's um your local kind of like nhs maternity wing and stuff might have like offshoots that are funded and mine was called better births and i think there's a few around the uk that are called better births and things like that but they were really good really great short sweet mate you could tell they were made for men uh male resources you know like information what to expect stuff um but you know what the biggest resource I can actually offer people um, is yourself. So ask questions. Like, don't be scared. You're equally as important as everybody else in this scenario. Yes, your wife physically is giving birth, and some midwives, some health visitors will treat that as paramount. And, of course, physically, to bring your son or daughter into this world, it is very important that your wife is healthy or your partner is healthy and that they know everything that's going to go on. However they need you and they need you more than you know most people will admit <laughs> you know actually the, there's so many studies out there to suggest that the family unit is incredibly important at all stages of birth and beyond so because they need you it's your responsibility and it's your for your for your help for your better service to yourself to just ask a ton of questions like be annoying 
and don't care and don't get upset with yourself or anxious about asking them. Just ask all the stupid questions. I was the most annoying person at my antenatal class. I was the most annoying person at every sonography, you know, scan. I was the most annoying person at all the midwife appointments. But do you know what? Not one of them. I was, again, really grateful. Not one of them really kind of gave me any shade. Um, I got it a little bit here and there. But the majority of them were just really keen to help me and really keen to give me those answers. And that was absolutely amazing. And my wife loved that, too, because, you know, not all women are, are confident enough to get the answers themselves. So um, my wife was quite, yeah, all right. She she rolled her eyes a few times, but she deep down and she did she, she did tell me this at times. She was really grateful that I was there asking these questions because she also had those concerns, you know. So hmm. um, I think prepare yourself the best way possible by asking those questions of the experts so that's your best resource 100 percent. oh love it love it thanks for that mate thanks for that so are you um you were mentioning about you know postnatal depression and obviously it's not gender specific yeah one of the things that you know i've uh, before i knew that you know men could suffer from postnatal depression always one of the big thing was connection women they didn't feel connected to the baby this is not one of the mm. signs so mm. Looking back at it, you know, I was making jokes for it in the first few weeks, but it felt like my daughter hated me. You know what I mean? Every time I told her, she fucking cried. And, I, and you know, the family would come around, I'd joke, oh, yeah, she hates me, she hates me. But actually, I felt really almost like rejected by this baby. Yeah. Like, both my boys, we just bonded straight away. It was like, oh, my God, these are my boys. We're best pals. And But I found it really hard, to, and I had to work really hard to make this connection with Dolly. And like, so I'm thinking back now, did, you know, was I in the element of postnatal depression? Was that happening? Or, or can I ask a question? Yes. Do you feel at all, and correct, and just say no if I'm wrong here, but do you feel at all because you had two boys and then you had this girl, even if it's subconscious, did you feel a bit of like unease, a bit of like fear, a bit of like, Mate, uh, I felt this isn't right? crazy fucking unease not just you know biological but even stuff like you know i said to my wife i, said, I, I don't even know how to change her back how do you clean a baby girl like you yeah, know yeah. what am i allowed to touch that bit and you know it was all, <laughs> this, all this stuff goes through your head and i was genuinely panicked about it so but you, you know why i asked though because all of that all of that you're th you know when you're thinking it you're thinking oh it's just me being a bit silly do you know i'm just i'm just a bloke do you know what i mean yeah but it all contributes to an en energy transfer issue an energy transfer problem like so there's this thing that i, I massively believe in that is um kind of a little bit kind of woo wooey a little bit kind of out there um spiritual um but you know how people talk about maternal and paternal instincts and like yeah. you have you know the the, the mum has a connection because she's carried the baby and she's got all those chemicals still flowing around so is the baby that's all true that's all mega true um but do you know there's lots of studies out there about the voices and the sounds and the knowledge of their father or the people that are around them in the in the womb and stuff like that mm. that continues and i'm a massive believer in energies right and if you're even if you think you're holding it together but actually inside you're really doubting a lot of things or you're having a lot of anxiety or you're feeling uneasy in a situation you know a little bit like you know when dogs can smell fear and things like that yeah um you yeah. know all animals all living people with pheromones and kind of um all living uh, creatures with um with uh, the ability to to have senses in some way shape or form they'll they'll feel your energy and i think that for me that's what creates some disconnect that people don't understand um you know again i've been through that myself where um you know i i'm i'm constantly always trying to find the answer to things right so when I can't find an answer, I'm like, that really like gets to me, but that impacts it even more, even more, you know, like kind of that just builds a bigger disconnect because I'm, you know, I can't find the answer. So yeah, I kind of, when you were saying that, I was kind of relating it to, to myself and that's why I asked the question. I felt really uneasy at first too. And, um, and, and, and looking back, I think that's what caused some of the problem, you know, um, um Right. And it was probably a bit like, look, I'm not blaming myself. It was more a case of like, I needed to sort, you know, this is a big thing and they sort yourself first and you sort everything else afterwards. And, but that builds back to the energy thing. Like, um, another weird example, but like when I'm at work and you know, you get, you're around sort of people at work and you've got like the mood hoover people, you know, these people sure. who are just like negative all the time. Yeah. 
that's legit. Like, if someone's in a bad mood, people around them get in bad moods. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the energy is coming off from them. It's negative energy. Mm-hmm. It's all protons and neutrons, and it, it's all real. Like, there's studies out there that, that I've read um, a book recently about it, so I'm a bit of a nerd on it, but um, it, it's just about understanding what you're giving off. Um, so I think that goes right back to that awareness piece again, that awareness and acceptance thing, you know, like, if you're aware you're feeling all these feelings, the more you talk about them, the more you get them out there, the more you accept that it's real. And then the more it dissipates, and actually your energy becomes better, and then you can have more of a connection. So yeah, sorry to to sort of take over there. But I was like, I really wanted to ask you that question, because I feel like I've been through that same thing, you know, so you've actually answered perfectly what you know, and also you've answered the next question is like what to do. But just saying the acceptance, the acknowledgement, because it's not a bad thing, is it? It's not nah. wrong. Like you said, different. It can be minor or it can be like a fucking tsunami. Mm. But yeah, it did feel different. But just to acknowledge it, it's just, I yeah. guess, to take the power away from it, I guess. Yeah, just about to say that. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You know, it's really powerful to understand as well that when you when you do accept it, when you get to that point of acceptance about all of your emotions, good, bad, ugly, weird, whatever, um, you you gain a hell of a lot of power, right? Because then you get to choose. Because then you get to go, so this thing that's just happened to me, this occurrence, this situation, this small thing, this big thing, whatever I want to sort of call it, I get to choose how I react to it. You know, um, from a brain perspective, from a um, from a, a, a science perspective, just to really take it basic, right? Our thoughts in our brains are sometimes uncontrollable. Our thoughts, the the words that we hear, the things that we see in our brains sometimes are uncontrollable. Our emotions and the output of our emotions, despite what people think, are 100% controllable. Now, obviously, in the moment of reactions and in the moment of something like your blood boiling or someone saying or doing something that triggers you, they're not fully controllable in those moments. But physically speaking, chemically speaking, they are controllable. So what I often have said to people in the past about when they've come to me and said, I've got anger issues, you know, I always like shout at people when they say something I don't like or whatever. I always go, you're choosing to do that. You've, you've, you've made that choice. Let me explain to you why you've made that choice. And let's break down why it's happening all the time. And that choice is always triggering. But just understanding that they've got a choice actually is the first bit to destabilize the anger. And it's the first bit to destabilize any kind of extreme emotion that you don't want. Just understanding that you actually can just change it. Um, yeah. You know, I talk, to, I talk in schools a lot and I speak to young people. And when I say that to them and I show them the science, they go, whoa, like their heads are blown. Like that their emotions, despite the fact that most of them are pubescent teenagers, their emotions are actually controllable. They are one hundred percent controllable if they so choose, you know, and if they sort of find ways to to access that choice, and and that's where the power comes from, man. And just accepting that sometimes you make mistakes, but you know what? We're all human. We're all no one's perfect. Let's let's just crack on and try better, you know. Try try to be better next time, next day, one one percent at a time, and all that. That's brilliant. You know, yeah, it's, it's so true, isn't it? We've got no control o- over our thoughts, but what we do have is control o- over our emotions, you know, and yeah. the, the most emotions are the ones that we act on and, you know, where we can go wrong and we can do things yeah. right, basically, you know. Yeah, and so another thing with men, um, which I've come across recently, I don't know if you guys can, can admit this or, or kind of attest to this, but the connection between between thoughts and emotions. So a lot of men will go, yeah, I have thoughts and yeah, I have emotions. But they don't realize that you have emotions because of your thoughts, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. have a, like you don't have one or the other, you have them both. Like, yeah. You, I think men, again, this is the trained thing. We've been trained into this, right? Where we're thinkers, we're doers, um, and our emotions are just every now and then. But actually, every single emotion that we feel all day, every day, is a result of a thought, as a result of a, something that's happened, and then a thought has come. Um, they're connected, and you know, whilst we can't control all of our thoughts, we certainly can can control the output, the result of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just re- it's really interesting that a lot of people kind of think that these things are separate. Um, yeah. And they're really not. <laughs> well, there's not. I mean, you could have you could have a horrible thing happen to you, and then two years later, you can have you can think about it, and then almost have the same 
yeah. reaction as when it happened because yeah, yeah. you know you're, it, it, the thought is triggering that emotion again you know yeah, yeah. and it's just uh what you do with those thoughts you know and, and how you deal deal with them and you know through all the yeah. mental health stuff that you can actually get you know get buying and, and make your life a bit better um yeah certainly um what I was going to say, because we're coming near the end, just listening to you fellas, it, it this is a really, really, really good advert for doing the work and being interested in mental health and listening to podcasts and studying and being a, de- a detective because you have both, uh, you know, Tommy, you've had two incidents where you've had sort of postnatal depression first time your whole world collapsed and it's you know and you had years of struggle this time it's happened and you know let's not i don't want to sort of say you're out completely out of it or whatever but you mean what you mean but you're you're much seems like you're much more aware and you're in control of it and the same with you john you know you've had depression in the past but you've had this thing you know all right you know because you were in the in the eye of it you you wobbled and you were like, oh, why don't I give them the, the advice I give other people? But you've got, you've got through it by just you know questioning stuff, and so it's a real advert for doing the work. And well done to both high of you. High five, John! High five, bro! We did yeah, it. Yeah, big high five. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thanks, you're man. right. Thanks. You're right, though. I mean, I always talk about. I know I've said it a million times, but I always talk about like we just need to turn a mirror on ourselves sometimes, and sometimes it can just take someone else just to say you know, what about this, someone else to give you a different opportunity, but none of that, none of that will happen unless you talk about it or you let it out of your mind. Um, it, your mind your mind can just fester with things, you know, and yeah. um, in the moment, like you said earlier, when I was in the eye of the storm, all it'll do is fester. <laughs> when you're in the eye of the storm, all it will do is get worse. So, um, you, you know, you need to reach somewhere, you need to get to something. And, you know, even myself and even like people you know, professors, professors of this, you know, mental health practitioners daily, <clears throat> you know, even those people struggle because there's an infinite amount of methods and techniques and situational, you know, uh, adaptations that people can go through to get them out of whatever will happen in any given moment. So <clears throat> you're never complete, you're never finished. And the learning is never finished. The one big thing that I've learned for myself over the last eight, nine, 10 years since I've kind of opened my mind to it all is to just keep that mind open, you know, like some of the lowest points I've had in the last eight, nine, 10 years because I closed it off. I thought I was done. I thought I'd learned everything. I thought I was the best version of me I'll ever be. But in truth, I'm the best version of me I'll ever be now. I can always get better. Everyone can always change. Everyone can always adapt. And, you know, maybe I don't want to get better one day. Maybe I want to get worse for a bit. You know, it's like (laughs) the reality of it is there's no good and bad and best and worse. It's just how you um, go from, go from dead, deadpan surviving to thriving. And I feel like the majority of people out there are a little bit closed off to how they can go from surviving to thriving, you know, like, and I just find it quite, upsetting disconcerting i'm always trying to say to people like i can i can see it in you that you want to thrive but you're just surviving at the moment like just open your mind to some different things and what you'll find is you'll just connect to these things and fly and um you know some people it's a lot more difficult if they've got more entrenched traumas and a lot more kind of like entrenched sort of like issues in their past or whatever mm-hmm. um but everybody's got the capability to get to that thriving point and you know tommy's a tommy's a big example like just that first bit you were saying about um how you got through it mate like that gave me massive amount of energy because i was like that's inspirational that you just like you knew exactly what to do you went straight to it and i was like you know i I didn't blame i didn't have a go at myself but i was like that took me a little bit longer than you (laughs) do you know what i mean like so everybody's different and everybody has different methods and that's the that's the awesome thing um we're all different and the only thing that's similar between us all is that we're all different. <laughs> the only thing that's the same is that we're all inconsistently not the same. So, yeah, that makes sense. and we're all going to die as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm going to find a way to not die. <laughs> <laughs> the legend lives on. Yeah. I'm going to freeze myself or something and just like you know, <laughs> drop out and come on Man Up Mental Health again in like a year, like 40 years' time, 80 years' time. and It'll be some other schmucks that are presenting it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you know what? I um, 
I have to say, Andy, thank you. Sorry, thank you, because you knew this was important to me, didn't you? I I sort of said that I needed to do this, and you're here making it happen, so I'm really grateful. John, thank you for such short notice as well, like jumping on and doing this. I know you like bed routines and stuff with the kids and everything, but... (laughs) I'll always, I'll yeah. always help you guys. I'll always jump on these, man. I love these talks, and you guys are amazing, doing awesome work. And um, you know, yeah, and I want to echo those thanks as well, Andy. Like your 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 words are really kind, and um, it's really nice to to have someone who's willing to listen and and pose those questions. And yeah, um, yeah I love that. So thank you, thank you both, man. You're not getting a third one, though. You've been on twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't get a hat-trick ball like soccer. <laughs> <I am. laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Oh, oh look, I think that um, I, I, I hope that dads, current dads, uh, dads to be, I hope that they all get something from this because, you know, for me, it's an eye opener. It's just really nice to have someone who's just so willing to share so honestly about you know what their experience was so yeah just massive i feel really grateful after this one and i, I selfishly i needed this and it's been <laughs> nothing great. wrong with that thank nothing you so wrong much. With that. thank you so much brilliant brilliant ne- yeah next week we're i'm gonna m- make us do a uh mental health for musicians uh <laughs> podcast or something. i'm a former musician as well andy maybe you can get me on for the third time for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see I'm going to come in my triangle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a musician too. You're a guitar player. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. So we'll, we'll um, yeah, we'll bring that to an end. That was, um, that was great, fellas. And um, that was Man Up. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>